Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple Click Home. Welcome to Triple Click Home Podcast 34 for the month of October 2014. I am Jamie Paul sitting in tonight on the team because, well, I want to. I've got stuff to talk about. But with me are the real Apple experts. We have Ms. Alina Roberts, who is working in the education field. Hi, Alina. Howdy. (laughs) How is school? School is, uh, I don't know. (laughs) School is... Tiresome? School has its good moments and it's, oh my gosh, please, please just let me do my job moments. (laughs) Understood. And also joining us in the top secret world of Apple... We have Mr. John Panarese. Hi, John. Hello. How's everybody? Pretty good. We won't ask you any questions that you can't answer, at least <laughs> on purpose anyway. <laughs> That's right. And Mr. Buddy Brandon will be along shortly. He uh, has uh, a bit of a commitment that he needs to take care of, but he will be joining us in the virtual studios as we progress here. So... We shall have a good time. At the end of the podcast, by the way, Lisa, actually not at the end, partway through the podcast anyway, Miss Lisa Salinger is going to talk to us about using widgets on iOS 8, which should be pretty cool because she's been playing around with that and I have not. I haven't either, so I'm excited to hear that. How about that? She's got the scoop on all of us then. Good deal. All right. So Apple did this Mac event thing, iPad thing uh, a week or so back. (laughs) Apparently everybody thought (laughs) it was boring. (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of uh, weird because they did spend a lot of time covering old ground. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I thought it was horrible. It's just, I guess if you've got, you know, not two hours worth of content to talk about, and hello, buddy, we announced that you would be joining us, and, and you are. So welcome to the podcast. Good deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made it. So uh, did you think that the Mac event was boring, buddy, or would you put it differently, perhaps? It was kind of boring. Uh, it was kind of boring you know i'll tell you what though you know you they can't be all winners and when when you set the bar really high you're not going to get it every time it's unrealistic to expect that every single event that apple has they're going to knock it out of the park nobody does and i thought it was so boring that i forgot that it actually happened so (laughs) yeah i mean what were they supposed to do I mean, yeah. if you don't have two hours solid packed of content, you either do a 45-minute presentation in which people gripe because it's too short. Right. Or you go back and cover some old ground. So uh, I think they should have just made it shorter. There wasn't anything really new as far as what was announced with uh, Yosemite or anything. And, right. and as far as hardware, yeah, nothing really unexpected there. But like I say, they can't knock it out of the park every time. Right. right. And honestly, I've only heard parts of it, but people were saying that their attempts at humor kind of missed the mark. I thought that the uh, security thing was pretty darn funny myself. Yeah. Yeah, actually it was. Stephen Colbert talking to... Yeah, uh, no, that was uh-huh, great. I, uh-huh. I thought that was great. Yeah. Nice. I'll have and to... Was it Andy and Otko like... that went ahead and purchased uh, ChairmanHoneyCrisp.com on the spot, I think it was, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, nice. The domain was available and he grabbed it. So. Awesome. Uh, anyway. Yeah, pretty funny. So you guys don't feel like anything was a surprise? The Mac Mini finally got a refresh, right? They've been talking about yeah, that for a long time. Well, number one, it was due. Number two, yeah, they kind of... Um, they just kind of brushed over they, it, right? 
they, I don't think they even mentioned it. Oh. <laughs> but they did bad things to it. They took away the uh, Mac Mini server and they soldered the memory in and they decreased uh-huh. the uh, maximum amount of storage from two terabytes to one and said, oh, if you want more, just get yourself a Thunderbolt drive and use one of these fine Thunderbolt ports that's on this new <sighs> Mac Mini. Yeah, I don't okay. understand why they did that. I mean, the whole idea of the Mini was, I don't you either. know. That doesn't make sense to me. It's expandable. Yeah. Right. The iMac, the, the new iMac. big iMac. Yeah. That was, okay, 5K display. That sounds really big and sharp, but apparently iFixit did a teardown of it. And it's the same as last uh-huh. year's iMac, of course, with upgraded video and a couple of other upgraded processor. But Logic Board's the same. A lot of the other internals were the same. It got the same iFixit repair score of 5 out of 10, all that kind of thing. Mm, all the same okay. as last year. But uh, yeah, the uh, new Mac Mini not really upgradable anymore. That's really unfortunate. Kind of yeah, sucks. It, it because really is. That's what I did with mine. I bought mine with um, not that much RAM, and I just bought RAM uh-huh. and yeah, uh, updated. Can't do it anymore. Right. And I was going to sell mine and buy a new one, but screw that now. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. So you heard it here on Triple Click Home that we say wag wag our fingers at Apple and say why? Why did you do that? Why did you do this thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm an equal opportunity finger wagger because um, <laughs> I want to really echo what John said last episode about Apple and Apple's commitment to accessibility and uh, people's perceptions of Apple not being committed to accessibility anymore. John, I'm sure you saw that whole discussion on the email lists. Yeah, it was more ridiculous. You know, people who personalize problems that they're having and make it sound like it's the worst thing and everybody's going to suffer for it. I don't know. As I was saying to Jamie and Elena before the podcast, I'm really tempted to start getting off some of these email lists because I just am sick of reading the same. Every time there's an iOS and a macOS release, you get the same nonsense. I'm getting the same way. I'm just getting so done with it. And, you know, the funny thing is when I made some comments and I was, I think, misread and people say that I misread them, I think we all tend to sort of read what we expect to read. But I want to be clear about this. My stance is, has always been, that uh, when you get mainstream accessibility into mainstream products, which means you pay the same price and get the same product at the same time, and all your accessibility is built in, that's wonderful. But it's a double-edged sword. That also means that your bugs don't get the priority that they got when you worked with a specialized AT company. They get put in with everybody else's bugs. Right. That means that sometimes our bugs aren't going to get priority and they're not going to get fixed when we want them. It also means, though, that some of our bugs are going to get higher priority than other things. I don't know what the priorities are, I do not believe that all of our bugs are necessarily pushed down the list below everything else. In fact, I don't believe that. I doubt that. But neither do I believe that we will always, nor should we always, receive top billing. But part of getting what exactly what we asked for is that our bugs get lumped in with everybody else's bugs, and we are being treated equally. And part of the thing that you get with equality is that you get equal treatment. Now, do you want equal or do you want special? Because you can't have both. Right, right. right. And it comes back, and I've said this before on podcasts. We always that, want both. That, yeah. You know, you can call up Sarotech and you can talk to Buddy and Richard, and you know them by name, and Lisa. And that's cool. That's awesome. But you're not going to do that with Apple. Right. Uh-uh. You are not. You know, you're not going to get that. So don't expect that. <laughs> you're not right. going to talk to Tim Cook on the phone at all. <laughs> and he probably won't even <laughs> respond to your email. But 
I think our expectations need to be realistic. Right. Yeah. And there are reasons yeah. for what happened with iOS 8. And I honestly know what happened, but I don't know how much I'm actually allowed to say that's the problem. Right. But I had an interesting right. discussion with somebody in the know. And it ha- let me just put it to you this way. It had to do with the fact that iOS is designed for hardware. In other words, it's always the right. new phone that gets the treatment. Right. And Oh, right. absolutely. Let's just say that delays in the hardware cause the inability for the software to get the full treatment and testing that it usually right. gets prior and leave it at that. The other thing, too, is yeah. even without that, OK, you're never going to get software that's completely bug free, especially not, in a point oh release to think you will. Right. Mm-hmm. In a point oh release. And let's be real about this. Software companies have deadlines. And yeah, it's great to say, oh, well, they shouldn't release it until it's ready. But they've got to walk a fine line here between, okay, we're not going to release it until it's ready, and, okay, people are expecting this, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're a big company, and they're going to get a lot of, well, you know, you're a big, so they can't win. You know, we're a big company, so why aren't they doing this? You know, they could throw more developers at it and get it done, okay. But the reality is still, they've got a deadline, and they have to get something out on that deadline. Right. I really think people need to step back and remind themselves where we were even 10 years ago. Oh yeah, 10 years ago we couldn't even have this discussion. Right. No. It's one of these things that goes back to when I was a vendor and you know, and I'm sure buddy you've heard people say it all the time about dealing with the blind population and sometimes it really does seem as though the blind are not appreciative all the time of how far we've come. And I'm not saying you should, you know, kiss the rear ends of every company out there that does stuff no. for us, but no, absolutely. But you know, appreciate but, John, when I have a 14 year old who comes to me and says, Miss Alina, why is it that some of the words in my scanned document are misspelled? And I have to say to him, because it's a scanned image, I'm really sorry. <laughs> are you confused by what it actually says, or are you just here to tell me that you're upset because I didn't make sure that all the words were spelled correctly? You know, that's the mentality of why isn't it perfect? I've got, you know, a number of students that have this attitude of why isn't it perfect? Because nothing's perfect. Right. I'll tell you what, I'll send you back to my days of doing books on tape and rewinding until I heard the beep or rewinding right. yes. back to nothing yes. because I couldn't yeah. find the spot that I actually needed to rewind to. Or typing a term paper on an electric typewriter with no ribbon in it, no ink right. in the ribbon. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> None of us are saying, be grateful, you lousy, no. ungrateful no, so-and-so not for at the all. crumbs that <laughs> no, you get that fall from the table. No, none of us are saying that. What we are saying, though, is that this is the world we live in. The world that we live in, the fact of the matter is that nobody gets bug-free software. No. The fact right. of the matter is that regardless of anything else, this is a sighted world and we have to adapt and we have to deal with adaptations to it and they will be imperfect. Mm-hmm. But we have access to mainstream technology that I could not have dreamed of. No, neither could I. We have access to mainstream technology at the same time everybody else does, Yeah, at the same cost as everybody else has it. We don't have to pay extra for it. Right. We even have books on the same day. Exactly. That is it perfect? No. 10 years ago. Can it be improved? Absolutely. Should Absolutely. it be improved? You bet. You bet. Right. Yeah. 
Should you point up problems to the manufacturer and say, I, I would like do. this fixed? Yes, yeah. please do. Yes. Accessibility at apple.com, right? Yeah. That's right. Believe me, working for a software developer, we can't fix it if we can't reproduce it. And mm-hmm. so what Apple needs from you, besides fix this, please, is... <laughs> an explanation of what happens. An right, explanation the of what happens. And yeah. in as much detail as possible, exhaustive detail as much as you can, Tell them exactly how to reproduce the error. Then they can fix it. They can't right. fix it unless you give them that. Even when you give them that, they're not going to fix it tomorrow. And you have to right. understand it's not going to be fixed tomorrow. It's going to take time. And other things that you perceive are not as valuable may get fixed ahead of it. But there are markets, there are numbers, and there are lots more people that they have to make happy besides you. I think one great example is on the Mac Visionaries list, there's quite a discussion that some people are experiencing lag with voiceover. Other people are not at all. I am one of those who's not seeing that at all. The list is trying to pin it down. Is it how much memory you have? No, apparently not. Is it what year your MacBook is? No, apparently not. So even among ourselves, we can't find a pattern. Right. And how do you expect Apple. Apple to? Yeah, right. Preview is another one. Yes. Somebody gave us a great workaround for the preview problem where if a document doesn't read, you just close it, shut voiceover off, it. reopen it, and then turn voiceover on, and it's fine. Yeah. But... Of course, that doesn't answer the question, how come sometimes the document works and sometimes the document doesn't work? Yeah. Since there are no ways to reliably reproduce this, I'm hesitant to report it as a bug because I don't know how to tell them how to to reproduce it so it can be fixed. And maybe that's over-caution on my part. I fully acknowledge that. Beyond us telling you guys that we really need you to think about what you say before you say it. You know, and that goes for everything in life because sometimes you get people perspective. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you get attitude from people. And honestly, the best thing to do is not to respond to them at all. Like, don't even say anything because it doesn't matter what you say. They're still going to disagree with you. In many cases, that is true. And just remember, we couldn't have had this discussion 10 years ago. Exactly. The one time I will break is when I see someone say to someone who's talking about whether to upgrade or not, oh, don't do it, it's horrible, that's when I might step in and say, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have a little perspective. Because your personal problems with whatever, you know, like whatever feature changed and is now the end of your world doesn't mean it's the (laughs) end of the world for everybody else. I mean, put it in perspective. Learn the yeah. feature. For the record, it might be I don't better. like iTunes 12. I don't either. Yes. For the record, I do not like I don't, iTunes I, 12. I'm not a big fan of iTunes 12, but you know okay, what? I don't I'll even learn. like iTunes 11, so I'm oh, sure I won't like iTunes 12. I'm not a big fan of iTunes either, but... Uh, I haven't even opened it yet. But, but we digress. <laughs> we'll look at it. Yes, we do. So speaking of perspective, it's, uh-huh. it seems that Apple has decided to finally let the media in. Yeah. This is really amazing. Right yeah, here. this is. This is huge, guys. Like, the fact that there's some transparency okay. actually going on. This is the one time that we can say, this would never have happened under Steve no. Jobs. No. No way. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. And I think that Apple needs this transparency. I really believe that every large corporation needs to have transparency. Because it's for sure time. Yeah. And I appreciate that they finally realized that this is something they need to do. Now, of course, they're still doing it on their own terms, which is fine. 
Sure. But it's still pretty huge. And this editorial that we have posted in our show notes is pretty lengthy and really a good discussion on the changes that are happening at Apple when it comes to the media. Right. Granting them. They got the tour and stuff, you know, and it's interesting. Tim Cook is really putting his mark on this company. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's sitting down with reporters like they're over coffee and having this day. Yeah, here, look at this iWatch. And he's just so approachable and personable in a way that Steve Jobs never was. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think this helps with their image, and that's huge to them. It was kind of nice to see that their stocks are finally up again rather than being yeah. down. So that was neat. So maybe part of that was the fact that they had such good... It was all Carl Icahn's good- doing, you know, it was because of Carl <laughs> Icahn. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. I know, I know. But, you know, the fact that they what had such name, good sales. That's such a goofy name anyway. <laughs> Carl Icahn. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you do with the last name of Icon? Like, you're just kind of stuck. Well, so it's spelled differently. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I-C-A-H-N or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. okay. I was going to suggest that just a picture instead of his name. Don't <laughs> yeah. ever write it out anymore. Just well, like Prince? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But yay to Apple for doing so. Hey, and I I guess there's this new operating system that came out that I haven't downloaded, so I'm not even going to say anything because I I read the notes and I haven't tried it out. So y'all can have a conversation about Yosemite because I feel bad that I haven't downloaded it, but... There it is. I well, handoff rocks. It's a thing. Handoff rocks. Taking okay. phone calls yeah, on your right. Mac and sending text uh-huh. messages rocks. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty it's, cool. Nice. It's awesome. It's kind of weird. I was texting with a friend of mine last night, though, who doesn't have an iPhone, and she said, how come there are spaces between all of your characters? And I'm like, oh, I answered, I don't know. It's <laughs> not doing that when it goes out. So uh-huh. I, I don't know what that was. Yeah, who knows? I was typing on the Mac. I don't know what the deal was, but yeah. And I wasn't seeing it, so... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. It's a neat feature. I'm looking forward to handoff, yeah. Oh, and the automagic tethering thing is pretty cool. Although, I think that the magic thing is that you have to go sort of directly from Wi-Fi coverage to not Wi-Fi coverage. In other words, I don't think that it works if you, for example, close your MacBook at home, take Mm -hmm. a 30-minute commute downtown... And then open your MacBook. I don't think it's going to automatically connect to your phone. I could be hmm. wrong about that, but it okay. didn't work like that during when it was all beta still. Okay. I think you're right. I think that the magic is, okay, I see that you're connected to this iCloud. I see this is connected to the same iCloud. Oops, Wi-Fi dropped. Okay, iCloud, got it. Have you guys yeah. tried iBooks since the update? Yes. Yeah, it's really good. You know, I looked at iBooks when someone said, hey, iBooks is accessible now. And I looked and... All the buttons are nicely labeled, although I think you still have to view your library and list view. Otherwise, you'll just get book covers that don't really have any names attached to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. You definitely do need in list view from the toolbar. Yeah. In case okay. anybody's wondering, it's in the toolbar, a radio button. Okay. It's list view that you want. If you use any other view, it's just going to give you thumbnails of the book covers. And right, right. Those don't have any labels attached to them at all. So... First thing when you open iBooks, change the list view. I saw the dictation changes, which is really cool because I have some students that I'm looking at having dictation be kind of one of their primary ways of writing just because typing isn't a really good fit for them. So I'm kind of excited that they'll be able to do actual text changes 
Morse code input. So talk about that because isn't there something you have to, what do you got to check? You got to check enhanced dictation and system preferences under dictation. But beyond that, there's also in accessibility, there's a checkbox too that you have to use. And I can't remember what the setting is. It's something with advanced as well, where you can actually use specific commands and you can check and uncheck the list of the different commands that you want to use. Okay. Nice. I haven't played with any of that, but I, I remember that with enhanced dictation, it has to download a thing one time. It yes. does. Yeah. Right. But that's really cool. The yeah. only strange thing that's happened to me in Yosemite, and I'm hoping somebody out there can explain this to me, my calendar, for some reason, certain dates have disappeared from my calendar. Just randomly oh, no. Oh, no. in my calendar. Like on my Mavericks, I still have a, a, my laptop That's because has Mavericks. because those days don't exist anymore. It's my birthday, <laughs> though. Come on. My birthday disappeared. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, and a couple of other... Oh, no. A couple of other holidays and dates and stuff that I set up, like in the future for training people, they're just randomly gone. Like there's no rhyme or reason to the dates that are missing. And I, huh. I signed out of iCloud. Those are the days I, that you're abducted by aliens. I think so. <laughs> Apparently. I turned off the calendar service and iCloud turned it back on. I signed out of iCloud completely off my Mac, re-signed back in. Uh Nothing has fixed those dates. They're just gone. Weird. Sorry, John. I don't know, but my birthday of all things. You don't get a birthday anymore. (laughs) And my twin nephew's birthday the week after disappeared. I'm like, what the heck? The other interesting thing is that the way that mail is laid out has changed a bit. And it's like the message list is sort of on the left yeah. If you're navigating left to right with the voiceover uh-huh. keys, it's like before the toolbar. That's weird. Well, it's weird because the layout is one way. The tab order is exactly the same as it was before. So if you want to get between oh. the message list and the mailbox list, you tab and shift tab the same way tab, you always yes. have before. But if okay. you use voiceover keys, it's moved. Huh. That's really it's interesting. A bit strange to get my head around. Because if you do a voiceover shift home, or if you don't have home and end, it would be like a FN left arrow. So right. voiceover mm-hmm. shift FN left arrow yeah. usually puts you at the top of the window right? on the toolbar. Well, it puts you at the toolbar, but you can voiceover left one more time to get to, well, no, actually it's oh. a couple of more times because there are a couple of other things. And then there's the message list. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. I'll have to. Yeah, I haven't noticed that. that. So, is there a difference in Alex? Because that was one of the things that was mentioned. Not to my ears. Not really. I, I mean, he sounds a little peppier, but I don't okay. really know what the okay. big, you know, difference is. It's not yeah. like it's earth shattering to me. Maybe he sounds like he's had right. maybe one more cup of coffee <laughs> than previously. I think all sounds are muted a little more. All sounds are. Less intrusive. Oh, interesting. Which could be a good thing or a not a good thing. One of my least favorite bugs from Mavericks is the sound ducking. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where you get to the end of the line and for some reason voiceover changes its volume. Have you guys not experienced that? What do you mean by end of the line? Okay, so let's say I'm reading line by line and I hit the right arrow key and so it's reading and it's reading and it'll get to the end of the line and then it'll do this little noise and the next line is suddenly at a lower volume. No idea I why. I think I probably have experienced it too, but I didn't consider mm-hmm. it in that way though. I thought it was just something weird with my the sounds on my iMac. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Cuz like suddenly you have to turn up the volume yes. and you're like I don't understand. I don't yes. know why I needed to do that. I've seen 
where the volume changes sometimes, and I haven't really found a pattern. Yeah, to that it. was my problem. I no, no, there able... is no pattern. Yeah, there is no pattern to it. That's the problem. <laughs> it's just randomly. That All the... the bugs that I see are no pattern bugs. Yeah. Have any of you guys, huh. I, I was doing software update the other day, and I was looking at the percentage, and voiceover gets stuck in the percentage area. You have to oh, voiceover no. left quickly to get out of that. That was happening oh, to me. No. At least. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah, I was almost trying to decide if it was a bug or a feature because I kind of liked it for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you have to go away from it and then come back to see what the percentage has changed to. But right. no, it's kind of like it's stuck there and it doesn't want to go anywhere until you make it. But I'll have to play with that to see if it And really have you is. guys done the arrow key navigation in Safari? Yeah, that yes. works really yes. well. That is nice. Yes. It, it works really nicely, although... <laughs> if you're used to using it in Windows, it's not going to be the same. Okay. Because as near as I can tell, it follows the format of the web page. In other words, right. it's not a straight left to right, top to bottom. It's like okay. a left to right or a top to bottom in a particular column, for example. So oh, like yeah, you can yeah. get to the bottom of a thing and there may still be web page left, but you have to like voice over right to get to the next oh. bit. That's oh, interesting. That is interesting. Well, I and see, I don't read that. web pages anyway. I wonder if that has to do with the physical layout of the web page. It's just following yeah, the... I yeah. think that's exactly what it is. Right. Okay. It doesn't put things in sort of a virtual thing, so right. like a buffer or something. So what you're seeing is exactly what the layout looks like. And if you're focused well, on a certain part of the Well, and that would be consistent with Apple's philosophy yeah, yeah, that we actually get somebody who's visually impaired to understand right. the layout of what I'm they're I'm just saying, saying yeah, that yeah. if people are expecting it to act a certain way, right. it's not going to. Not. Okay. And right. it does do the NVDA convention of uh, like if there are two links on one line of text, you will get both links read on that line instead of doing the JAWS thing where each oh, link is on a line of text. Right. Right. Link on its own virtual line. line. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. I mean, I'm the quick nav user almost exclusively, yeah. so yeah. I'm not really Same here sure. On, on the web, especially. Right. Yeah. I played with it. It was cool, but I'm not sure that I will use uh-huh. it a lot. I might from time to time. No, okay. neither will I. I've gotten yeah. used to quick nav personally. I've gotten so used to doing things the way that I do them that when they right. change, I still continue to do things the way that I've done them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And, and I don't yeah. notice the change until someone says, oh, hey, this new thing is doing this new thing. And then I, really? Oh, right. okay. it is. Mm, that's Let interesting. Play with that. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Now let's go back to the old way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all get it set in our ways. Well, and I actually find it really interesting to meet voiceover users who use a lot of the voiceover commands where they're using the VO keys with their arrow keys. And I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> Why are you doing See, that? I that's still so do much that. Effort. And I still do that because that's what I learned back in Tiger. Okay? Yeah, no, I still <laughs> um, do that a lot too. Outside yeah. of quick nav. Yeah, well, the other thing is um, people who, for example, use a lot of the trackpad commander stuff. I don't use that at all on my Mac. It's like when I'm in Mac, right. I'm in Mac mode and I don't use the trackpad at all. Right. Even though I, I know right. that it's there intellectually, it's just, it never really occurs to me because I know. I've just gotten so used to using voiceover keys. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I'm with you right there. I haven't moved on to using the trackpad a lot. And I'll tell you one of the reasons is that I don't even turn it on most of the time because I have the little MacBook Air and if I have my trackpad turned on, if I'm yep. typing 
I swear I hit it every single time. And then <laughs> every it moves single my time, cursor. yes. Yeah, that's my problem like, with the no. MacBook Pro. I always brush that trackpad yep, do when I'm same doing stuff. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Always, right. And so then I here do. I am trying to type an email or trying to type a paper on, you know, and the next thing I know, I've touched the stupid trackpad and it's moved my cursor. And I'm like, crap. Yep. So if it's turned anymore. off with voiceover on, does the mouse not respond then? Or does differently. Okay. I have mine set to not move my voiceover okay. cursor. Okay. Yeah. And actually what happens is then when my husband or anybody else who's sighted wants to use my computer, they then have to turn voiceover off because the mouse won't respond to them. And I'm like, well, that's because I don't want it to move my cursor. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the difference between like voiceover follows mouse cursor or mouse cursor follows voiceover cursor. And I've got mine set so that the mouse cursor follows the voiceover voiceover cursor, cursor. not the other way around. Right. Right. Because if you touch that trackpad, and it's so easy yeah, boom, to do on these little computers where you're like, okay, well, I feel like I have pretty good posture when I type, but it doesn't matter because the trackpad is so large that one little touch trackpad. and move. And besides that, you kind of want to turn voiceover off anyway when a sighted person's using your computer, I think. Right. I mean, unless you don't trust them or you want to know what they're doing, but <laughs> I say get the screen reader out of the way because... Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, it usually things just happen so them. fast yeah. with a sighted person. You know, the little voice in there annoys all the sighted people anyway. And they, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? They're like, that's too fast. I can't understand that. You're not supposed to. You know, I'm still trying that. to get my Braille readers to realize that a screen reader is not a bad thing because they're like, oh, I just want to read it with my hands. And I'm like, that's really good, but I need you to be efficient. So fantastic. <laughs> Keep that up. Uh, don't forget about that. However, comma. Yeah. No. <laughs> I even told one of my parents today, I said, when she's using Braille and speech at the same time, that makes her even faster. He's like, what? Mm -hmm. And I was like, just trust me. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, could she do that during class? I'm like, yeah, with headphones on. One earbud. Uh Right. Yeah. That's how I do it. So one of the things that happened in Yosemite that people want to know about and need to know about is that by default, when you turn your volume up and down... That famous little Mac sound that I've come to know and love, by default, doesn't exist at all. Right. And when you do turn it on, they change the sound. Now, why would they go? I like the new sound. Actually, it is. It's less intrusive. No, no, no. I love my little plop. I'm with you, Alina. I'm with you. To me, that was a Mac sound. But no, it's uh, it is now. Was a mess. It's a Mac sound. The iPhone still does it, but I still like the little clicks that 10.10 has now. I like them. Put me down as a fan. Oh. You just spoiled my day. And the thing is, they're not on by default, folks. So you got to make sure you turn them on in system preferences. Yeah, I, can't, I can't even huh. remember. I, I think Why that maybe would they I found that by off? accident one time and went made sure to turn it on because I wanted them. And then it's like it went click, click instead of tweet, tweet. And um, I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting new sound. Any other exciting things from Yosemite? There's an article that we link to that has a whole list of the new features and bugs and things. So you Correct. can read all about the features and things that you, yes, bugs you, you may Apple potentially run into. Yes. Thanks to And on iBlink Radio, any and all podcasts that AppleViz are doing about nice. uh, Yosemite and iOS 8.1, you can uh, just run your finger down iBlink Radio, which is what I did the other day, and listen to all them. Right. So go do that thing. So speaking of iOS 8.1, which I downloaded yesterday. Hmm? I did this thing. It fixed one of my favorite bugs. It's fixed the sticky phone keypad keys. 
Oh my gosh. That happened to me at least 10 times. I did not know. Ricky Inger said the other day that that is not a voiceover specific problem. No, it's not. people had that as well. See, I thought it was a voiceover thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's weird. Okay. That is weird. Well, it was really upsetting when you're like in the middle of a phone call and you're doing the like phone tree thing and suddenly the number you hit sticks and you're like, great, now I can't complete my call and I have to restart the phone. The funny part about that is if you hit the same number again that was stuck, it would unstick. No. It would put in a second instance of that digit, but it would unstick just as if it were mechanical. Huh. Well, sometimes that's not helpful when you're trying to pay your bill. Well, the funny part was I remember reading about that bug and people reporting it. I'm thinking to myself, I never had this happen. All uh-huh. of a sudden, when I was out in California, <laughs> trying to call home or trying to call clients when I was working in the evening, every uh-huh. single time I'd get at least two digits that would stick during making the call. Oh, man. Whoops. Actually, my favorite bug, besides the sticky phone key, which thankfully has been fixed, is the typing echo being actually yeah. set to your default? Oh, yeah, that was so broken in 8.0. Right. So I'm one of those people, my typing echo is words only because I don't want to listen to the character being repeated to me twice. I'm right there with you. And how much faster that makes your typing. Right. Oh, my That's gosh. Crazy. Right. In- so I go into mail like, and messages yeah. and then I'm typing away. Hey, why are you saying the character? Told you yeah. not to do that. <laughs> But that's one of the things that did get fixed. Was there anything on the bug list that you guys were like, thank goodness this this got fixed? Handwriting no longer breaks voiceover. That's exciting. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that Braille thing. What was it? Dot seven and eight or whatever that was. That got fixed. Right. Apparently. There was one new one introduced. Something about when the phone is muted, voiceover will not announce an incoming call. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So. And they did not fix the Safari bug. Oh, the other thing is that if you're a flicker and you flick to something and you double tap it and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that's still a thing. So you have to be sure that it's visible on your screen and you can find it with Explore by Touch. Mm. Right. And um, Which is so less efficient. Right. It is less efficient. Well, sometimes it's less efficient. Sometimes it's not. If you're not... One that explores the layout of your screen, you better kind of get used to that because that's a thing. Right, until they fix it. But have you guys noticed when you open a mail message that has multiple messages in it, that if you're flicking that it doesn't show you all of them? Someone else mentioned that. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like you have to go back, flick back to the left to see all the messages. It's like it starts off in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah, it does. If, yes, but if it's like if you and got then threads, sometimes I have to do the explore by touch to yes, actually see. Yes, I've the seen messages. that. Yes. Okay. So there's a nice bug for me to report to accessibility. I really hope the Safari bug gets fixed as soon as possible. Wasn't there a workaround though? Wasn't did somebody post a workaround? I saw that, but I haven't actually tried it. Does anybody know what the workaround is? I forget what it is. I kind of meant to read the email message, and I was so busy, I, I screwed up. Oh, I mean, the something about there. taking oh, your oh. focus to the top of the screen or something to that effect. I don't know because there have been times when I'll I'll hit that back button to go back to my whatever page I was just on and. You put your finger up at the top of the screen and it'll give you the status bar, but it won't tell you anything else. What are your thoughts on Braille screen entry? Because I don't yet have an iPhone 6. I'm using my iPad Air with iOS 8. But 
I'm finding that uncontracted Braille is much, much, much more reliable for me than typing in contracted Braille. Yeah, you know, I haven't really even played with it long enough to see how contracted Braille or even if contracted Braille really works. You know what, guys? We just need to get out of our heads what contracted and uncontracted actually means because we're all going to transfer over to UEB and then it's going to be called something else. No, we're not. (laughs) Life is going to be beautiful with UEB. I'm going kicking and screaming. Let me put it to you that way. Ah. <laughs> no. I'm going to go back to like the 30s or something and type in grade one and a half. There you go. Yeah. You know what? And oh. I'm going to go on a public list and I'm going to rant about Buddy, it. Buddy, oh, you should do, do New York Point because that wasn't even the, the New York six point, dot configuration. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a six dot. Wasn't it a six dot configuration that was like sideways? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So it was actually three across and two down. I've never seen it. I haven't either. Write to Apple. Tell them you yeah. want New York Point included in their next uh, <laughs> Braille table. I update. want New York Point. I want Boston line type. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is I'm going to be curious to see like how the assistive technology companies respond to this. Like Banna's demanding right that we convert to UEB, but are they going to suddenly? I want a moon type. Are they going to upgrade the firmware on our electronic (laughs) Braille devices? Yes. To take contracted Braille away. I don't know. (laughs) Because, I mean, really. (laughs) That would be an interesting, like. They ain't touching my Braille display. I'll never upgrade again. (laughs) They'll have to kill me first. Stay on the current <laughs> firmware till it dies. That's right. Fortunately, mostly Braille contracted or uncontracted isn't handled in the display. It's handled in right. the software, and then the display just you know has a computer Braille table. Yeah. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, are the AT companies going to join Banna's decision about whether or not we support oh, and contracted well, Braille? Then everybody's going to just start using the Braille TTY drivers. <laughs> then. <laughs> Oh, there you go. And the the Braille TTY people take care of us (laughs) and put the uh, contracted Braille tables back. Let's start a revolution, buddy. (laughs) Well, and... UAB, not for me. UAB, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it'll be really interesting because, I mean, realistically, the only thing that's going to have to change are textbooks that are actually produced professionally. Right. Yeah. Textbooks and any other printed material. The interesting thing is that there was a discussion about this on another email list, ham radio list, actually. And some guys were saying, you know, it doesn't really matter to me because I've always just used my own contractions and my own codes (laughs) anyway. Yeah. Okay. I've met a few people that actually do that. They have their own grade of Braille that they've always used through school and stuff. Wow. You know, and they just keep using it. I hope that they don't write to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can write to myself, and that's all that matters. Right. right. I don't know. Interesting. Well, and they can't use it in an electronic format, because it wouldn't translate to print properly. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know how they were actually doing that. But I guess they don't really care about translating to print. <laughs> okay. Probably okay. not. Yeah. That's fine. I can't transition from print to GPS. Well, um. I was going to say you could read Braille signs in different parts of the world and learn oh, all of the go. different uh, Braille hey. tables and all that. Yeah, see, Jamie's hey. got it under control. So, mm-hmm. one of my students is Vietnamese and he desperately wants to learn Vietnamese Braille. And so I told him, I said, I did my research and Vietnamese Braille is very similar to 
French Braille. Interesting. So you could learn it as long as you're willing to do it all on your Perkins Brailler. And he was like, why? And I said, because there's no Vietnamese Braille table inside of your Yeah, that that actually does make sense, though. Since, like, France was occupying Vietnam for a right, long time. Right, for several years, right? Yeah. Not that Vietnamese, the language, has any no, connection to the language to isn't said, No, absolutely none. <laughs> Whatsoever. None at all. Believe me, I've listened to my mother speak, and uh, it doesn't sound anything like French. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I give kudos to all ye Asians who learn English, because going from a tonal language to our language just baffles me. I can't go the other way. So I just give you all the kudos in the world. I saw a Japanese Braille once, and of course it's still uh-huh. six dots, but it's it, right. of course I didn't know Japanese at all, so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but it was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, but speaking of reading things around the world, why are we doing this, Jamie? Well, we are doing this because we now have a subscription-free model for... Uh, Sendero's Seeing Eye GPS. Uh-huh. For all of y'all that didn't want the three-year subscription right. or the one-year subscription or whatever, you can have a perpetual subscription for the lifetime of... It's $300, rallies. isn't it? Yes, $299. So you might as well pay for six years. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. We actually talked about this on Sarah Talk this past week because I had to ask the same question. Apparently it has to do with Enterprise. For yeah, example... State agencies. Yes. They wanted a they can't. way to do that. Oh, yeah, they can't do a subscription-based okay. model. So they needed okay. something like this. Well, this is good yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And if you also want to spend lots of money, you can get an upgraded version of the KNFB Reader, which has been really And if you already have the KNFB Reader, you don't have to spend any money. No, I know. <laughs> Man, is it fun to watch people go from snarky to, hey, this actually works. Oh, like overnight. I'm really enjoying it. It's been pretty amusing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I've been good. enjoying it. It's very good. good. If I feel like I ever get to a point where me needing OCR on a regular basis with my phone, then that's probably something I'll look into. But at this yeah. point, $100 is a lot to ask. So I'm really glad to hear that it's a good app. That's what matters to me. I'm happy to hear that. It is. It's definitely. They did a great job. Because after their last attempt at an app, I'm glad. Yeah, Blio Blio, Blio was a train wreck, basically. But yeah, yeah, this is a lot better. Good. We should take a break. Yeah, let's do that. Shall we? I'm ready for a break. I'll tell you what. I know I was late, but I'm ready for a break. (laughs) And then after the break, uh, we'll hear from Lisa Salinger uh, talking about widgets. So we get even more of a break. Yes, on TurboClick Home 34. Looking for a cross-platform solution to quickly convert printed materials and PDFs into text, MP3, or DAISY formats? Check out Serotech's DocuScan Plus. For just $299, use DocuScan Plus on your Windows or Mac computer. Store documents in the cloud for easy retrieval and access them from anywhere. For more information, visit www.docuscanplus.com. Hello, Triple Click Home listeners. I'm Lisa Salinger, and today I thought we would take a brief look at widgets. Widgets are new in iOS 8 and 8.1, and they are very handy. The real beauty of widgets, as I see it, is you don't have to do much to get them. You don't have to download them from the App Store or anything like that. If an app has 
a widget available, you will see that as an option when you set up the information regarding your widgets. All of this is in the Notification Center. What I thought we would do is take a look at the entire Notification Center so that you have an idea about what is going on in the Notification Center as a whole and with widgets in particular. I am doing this demo with my iPhone 6 and iOS 8.1. Books folder, 8 apps. Double tap to open. I have unlocked my phone and I'm going to touch now near the very top of the screen. 4.53 p.m. Status bar item. Swipe down with three fingers to reveal the notification center. Swipe up with three fingers to reveal the control center. Double tap to scroll to top. We will follow the advice given in the hint and we're going to flick down with three fingers and this will bring up the notification center. Notification center. Selected. Today. Button. One of two. I am in the notification center and there are two options. The today option is selected. Notifications. Button. Two of two. And the notifications option is not selected. Let's go ahead first and look at notifications. To select it, I will double tap. Items contained in notifications are not necessarily specific to today. They can be reminders that it is my turn in a game I'm playing. They can be notifications of missed calls or text messages. Let's look at the notification that is there now. Phone. Heading. Confirm clear section. Double tap to confirm clearing of notifications. The first item we came to is phone and it is a heading. I could change to headings in the rotor and flick down to move by headings. And then I could see all the larger categories that I had in this area. Lisa Salinger, one minute ago, missed call. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. It says that the call is from me, which is sort of true. I called from my work phone because I did not actually have a notification in this section at the moment. There is a bit of a bug here. If you double tap, it will again repeat the same message. If, however, you want to clear all notifications in your notification center, you can do a triple tap with a single finger. Selected. Notifications. Button. Two. No notifications. And that will clear out everything without asking you for a confirmation. Obviously, that's a bit of a sweeping change or a large step. So you want to make sure that you have checked your notifications before you clear them. Selected. Notifications. Button. Two of two. I'm flicking left and I'm going back to today and double tapping it. Today. Button. One of two. Selected. Today. One of two. You can also find this in the upper left-hand corner of your screen. This area will generally have more in it. And let's take a look. Notifications. Button. Tuesday, October 21st. Cloudy currently. The high will be 57 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 48 degrees. Calendar. Heading. No events. Dropbox. Heading. Here are all the widgets that are showing up. I have 
a weather widget, which gave me the current temperatures. If I double tapped, I could read more about the forecast. It then showed me my calendar and it said nothing was scheduled. If I double tapped, it would open my calendar so that I could either take a look at what was coming up or I could schedule something. The next item is Dropbox and this lists files that were added in the last little while. To me, this is a great use for widgets and it's primarily why I started using them. I share folders with several people and this gives me a snapshot of the changes that have been made recently so that I don't have to go through each of those folders looking for items that may have changed. I'm going to now change and use the rotor to select headings. Language, characters, words, volume, Dropbox, head headings. Okay, I'm now on headings. Calendar, heading, Dropbox, heading. Instapaper, heading. Here is Instapaper. This is a service that allows me to save articles from Twitter and various places to read later. If I flick right through these options. Everything you need to know about every new feature in iOS 8.1. CNET, CNET.com, bullet 8H ago. Everything you need to know about every new feature in iOS 8.1. HTTP, slash slash t.co slash for and I'm going to stop it from speaking the entire address. But if I double tap this item, it would take me into Instapaper. I do have other articles saved here. It seems that depending on the amount of information, I will sometimes see three items, sometimes one, and sometimes more. It does tend to vary. Kindle heading. This is also very nice. This is a widget for the Kindle app, and it lists the three books that I have opened recently. What this means for me is that I can touch the top of my screen, flick down with three fingers, choose Kindle, and go right into the book I want. Otherwise, I would need to go into my books folder and then to Kindle and then find the book. Since I check out this section anyway, especially in the morning, to see what has possibly changed, it's just as easy for me to activate that from the notifications area. Tomorrow, heading. This will also open my calendar. This is the tomorrow heading. Your calendar looks clear in the morning. There is one event scheduled for 9 p.m. You have an alarm set for 7.45 a.m. Edit button. You have it. Your calendar looks clear in the morning. There is one event scheduled for 9 p.m. And if I double tap this. Calendar. October. Back button. It opens the calendar and brings me to the appointment that I have scheduled for tomorrow evening. Closing books folder. Books folder. Eight apps. Double tap to open. I have exited out of the calendar app and I'm now going to go back into the notification center. Three of three Wi-Fi bars. Lisa, status bar item. Swipe down notification center. Tomorrow, heading. Your calendar looks clear in the morning. There is, you have an alarm set for seven, edit button. This is where we were when we left off. We were at the edit button. 
Let's swipe right and pass that for the moment. Weather. Link. Information provided by the Weather Channel, LLC. Use the rotor to access links. And if I double tapped here, I would go into Safari and into the information for the Weather Channel. I'm assuming this is a bug that VoiceOver does not read this correctly, but if I flick left, we get a little bit of additional information. New widgets available. Presumably, that is supposed to be with the edit button. Let's double tap on that now, and we will look at what else is available. Edit button. Today, heading. Done button. Delete today summary button. Today summary. Delete calendar button. Calendar. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. If I don't want one of these items, I can delete it. For example, I don't follow the stock market, so I deleted stocks. Of course, if I delete something, I can always go into this area, find it, and put it back. Reorder calendar button. Delete Dropbox button. Dropbox. Reorder Dropbox. Delete Instapaper. Instapaper. Reorder Instapaper button. Dra delete Kindle but Kindle. Reorder Kindle button. Delete tomorrow summary button. Now, double tap to delete item. Let's say that I'm getting a little tired of flicking through these options. Do not include heading. If I flick down, because I have already set my rotor to navigate by headings, I can find headings. I'm going to flick up. Today, heading. Heading not found. So the first heading is today. Do not include heading. Then the second heading is do not include. Heading not found. Let's take a look at this do not include area. Insert reminders button. Reminders. Insert stocks button. Stocks. Insert who's viewed you button. That seems to be a widget from LinkedIn. Who's viewed you? And those are all the options I have. If I install a new app and it has a widget, it will show up here. Along those same lines, if I have an app already on my phone and a widget becomes available for it, it will show up here as well. Of course, you can always go into the app itself, but in my mind, this is a quick way to get a snapshot of what's going on and basically what has happened on your phone. I find it quite helpful to check this first thing in the morning and then again at night. When I check it first thing in the morning, it lets me know what's coming up for that day. When I check it at night, I get a reminder about what I have in store for the following day, and I can see if any items have changed. Also, if I've saved an article to Instapaper, for example, seeing the title will remind me, oh yes, I saved that, this is important, I want to go read that. It's just something that I find helps keep me on track or make me a little more productive, or if nothing else, just makes my life a bit easier. For the Sarah Talk Podcast Network, I'm Lisa Salinger.
Thank you, Lisa, for that excellent demonstration. Really appreciate it. I was personally interested because I have not had a chance to play with widgets, but now I'm all ready to do battle with them, thanks to you. I don't even play with widgets on my Mac. I haven't played with them <laughs> <either>. <laughs> All right. Back in the day, widgets were like imaginary things that companies made that you used in math problems. <laughs> yes, yes. The XYZ company makes 48,000 <laughs> widgets per day. I remember that. Their widget yes, production I count too. by 20%. <laughs> Who knew widgets would actually be a thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, only Apple. Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, no, the Google people would say, no, we did it first. We did widgets. <laughs> we did widgets. We did widgets. We had widgets in GNOME. GNOME. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of Google and Android, Waz is giving up his Android phone, I guess. Uh, he likes... Uh, I didn't know he had one. He I really, didn't either. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't really an iPhone, iPhone fan. He um, right. was not right. an iPhone right. fan at all. He liked his Android phones better. And now he's he giving them Android. up and he's he's sporting iPhone 6s and 6 Pluses now. Yes. Interesting. Good for him. Because we can actually talk about him now that he's uh, using his yes. iOS device. Yeah. There's an article that we link to at uh, tripleclickhome.com. And... Um, on that article, there's also a video of some guy accosting <laughs> Steve Wozniak in the airport and asking him about the iPhone. Poor and, Steve. And Woz was very um, gracious about the whole. If I was were Woz, I'd be. I'd have been kind of annoyed with that guy, but yeah, Woz was Woz Woz. I just very started reading about the whole finally thing. the phone freaking book. So if you're looking for a Steve Wozniak, I don't remember what it's called. Which book is this? It's the it's about is this by Wozniak. Oh, the book about yeah, it's, it's written by Steve Wozniak. It's about the phone freaks. Oh, it's written by. Oh, oh, is it I was? No, no, no. What do you mean I was? It's written by Steve Wozniak. There's another book written by Steve okay. Wozniak. Hmm. Okay. Because well, oh. the only one that I can think of was I was, and it was sort of his sort of memoir. No, no, thing. no. This is yeah. the book about the the people who would hack the phones. Oh, that wasn't written by Steve. Wozniak. No, well, the introduction was. Unless there's another book written by Steve. Oh, oh okay. Yes. The introduction <laughs> okay. was. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're talking about the book by uh, Philip. What's his name? And I can't, uh, the title yes. will come to me at three in the morning, but the audible version was read by oh, Evan okay. Doorbell. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if it comes to Buddy before. Well, his name isn't really Evan Doorbell. His name, like it has his real name on the author credits, on the narrator credits, on uh -huh. Audible or whatever. Uh -huh. But his handle, his like phone freaking handle is Evan Doorbell. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I assure you that the introduction was written by Steve Wozniak because it says so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The introduction was definitely written. It's a really neat book. Yeah. If we can think of the title, and I've read it, and it's on Bard. It is. The guy that reads it for Bard is pretty good, but if you can get it on Audible, like I said, it's read by Evan Doorbell, and Evan Doorbell was one of the guys that has been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, listen to it on Audible. And it's on Bookshare. Um, exploding the Phone, that's ah, it. Ah, okay, good. Exploding the Phone, that's Exploding the, the Phone, the that's what it is, yeah, good job. Fantastic book, and it's written in English. There are lots of blind guys in it. Yeah, in fact, there are lots. If you read it, you're going to find lots of blind guys that are on the uh, Mac Visionaries list on, <laughs> in it. 
Is Joy Bubbles mentioned? That wasn't his name back then. Joy Bubbles is mentioned, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. I may have to just read that book then. And actually, the radio lab on Joy Bubbles is pretty fantastic, if you guys It is. That's a really cool article. That's a cool episode. And then there's um, uh, Bill Acker figures prominently in, in it as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Bill is not someone that you will see in Mac circles. He's uh, an Android and uh, Linux guy, but uh, uh-huh. heck of a guy. And he figures uh, quite prominently in exploding the phone. And there are other blind guys, too. I saw Jim Fatgather. Like a number of them were actually arrested for... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're thinking of Cap'n Crunch. Uh Uh-huh. But we digress. Um (laughs) Yes. But a very interesting digression. Um, We'll put links in show notes (laughs) to... Exploding the phone. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Along with, if I can find it, the Serotalk article, uh, the Serotalk podcast, rather, where we Uh did actually talk about the Joy Bubbles Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Radio Lab. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Radio Labs. Should I mention audiblepodcast.com slash Serotalk? Why not? Oh, yeah, go go there over there go. and uh, set up a, an account with Audible, get a free trial, and get a free book. Nice. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Go, uh, go yeah, Audible. Hey, look at there. You get a free plug there. You do, because you're such good people. So from audiobooks to school. Um, um, well, yeah, I, I used audiobooks in school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Didn't we all, actually? A lot of our kids don't have to do that necessarily anymore Thank because goodness. they have access to e-text. Yeah. Right. What a wonderful world we live in because I have to say that it's pretty awesome when teacher says... We could says, not have had this conversation 10 years ago. <laughs> no, we could right. not have had this conversation 10 years ago. But it's really great when a teacher says to me, hey, Lena, I need this chapter of this book. And I go on to Bookshare and I go, okay, found a book. Copy, paste, send, email, okay, done. That would not have happened if we had to rely on it being recorded. So thank you, electronic text. Makes life a lot easier in so many ways. And I'm really excited to see that Mac sales are up because that's something that I'm actually promoting with some of my students. I do not believe that we live in a world where all students have to learn JAWS anymore. Sorry, or other Windows scientific. screen reader of your choice. Yeah. Insert screen reader of your choice. You can actually have kids use a Mac. You can have them use a PC with a free screen reader. Or yes, you, you could can. have them continue to pay the upgrade for a piece of software that... Um, now, one thing I do not know is that... <laughs> that was nice. That was slick. <laughs> one thing I'm not certain of is whether or not testing companies are still having some kind of exclusivity with JAWS because we have very few tests, of course, that are actually accessible with screen readers. And I think oftentimes the ones that are, well, it'll work with JAWS. Okay. Well, if it works with JAWS, can we have it work with something else? That would be really pretty great. No, 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 (laughs) you can't. Sorry. Nope. Can't do it. No, we must feed the troll. And the troll says that will be $1,000. Yeah, 25% yeah. of uh, computers that were bought for students yeah. were Max. Yeah. And that's a significant number. That is, yeah. I mean, uh, Apple right. used to be big, big, big in the educational space, and it looks like it's coming Actually, back. Actually, it was the only yeah. thing <laughs> in the education yeah. space. Hey, when I was in elementary school, my classroom had a TI-99 4A. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. In our classrooms, all we had were Apple IIe's. That was it. 
mind you, the TI-99 4A wasn't accessible, and, <laughs> right. and uh, I had to go somewhere else and use an Apple IIe, but uh-huh. the classroom that I was in had a TI-99 4A. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of went out of fashion in the 90s, and a lot of school districts transferred over to the Windows-based platform. But my school district is given, every teacher has a new laptop this year, and we were all given a choice. We could actually go with a PC or we could go with the Mac. So I thought that was really cool. That's interesting. A lot of teachers opted for the Mac. I mean, they're giving out the air. So, you know, when you take the Air, which weighs almost nothing, and then they hand you this Dell laptop, which weighs five or six pounds, you go... A lot more than nothing. "Uh, That's not a decision. (laughs) And they put... Now, of course, I don't care. My school computer has Microsoft Office on it, and I just giggle, and I go, thank you for installing Microsoft (laughs) Office on my computer, which I will never use. So then, of course, I had to switch my defaults. Please don't open Excel. Oh, dang it. Okay, that's fine. But you will I, miss out I, on the power of the ribbon. The ribbon? <laughs> the ribbon. I'd like to use the ribbon to strangle somebody <laughs> that invented the ribbon. I know. I know. Yes. Um, I don't even a, know sighted people that like the ribbon. I, no one that I know Nobody of. No, likes the ribbon. I think of anybody who likes the no ribbon. No. And they're no. never going to get rid of it either. No. Nope, it's here. Apple still has menu bars. But will the sidebar come back in iTunes? That's the real question. I (laughs) hope it does. Apple still has menu bars, but they've gotten rid of the sidebar in iTunes, and I don't like it. And I wish they would just bring it back. I want my sidebar back. They may, because I understand sided forums are lighting up like crazy, saying, please bring that back. So we'll see. I don't know. I really think that iTunes just needs to be scrapped completely. <laughs> just make it go away. Yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> and yeah. start over. Yeah. Break it out into music app yeah. and an yep. app app. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it is so overly complicated. It's ridiculous. I want an app app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. You have app an app. app app. It's called, what are you talking about? An app app. <laughs> Just an app that's an app called app. an app app. It app. just does nothing. It's just an app app. <laughs> oh, okay. It's an app app. It's an app to get your apps on. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about iTunes, because yeah. I feel like it doesn't really do app. anything. Yeah, yeah, a nap app. app. There we go. Yeah. You put your computer to sleep. <laughs> I didn't put you to sleep. Well, you have app nap, <laughs> so why not nap app? <laughs> there you go. Hey, so according to Apple, only nine people, nine have claimed that their Apple 6 Plus has bent. And I tend to believe this because I think this is one of those phenomena, you know, it seems like every Apple device that comes out, you get somebody else. it's probably a couple of more than nine, but not a whole lot more no. than yeah. nine. Yeah. And if it's more than nine, it's people who are purposely doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the kids that went into that store in London, in the Apple India? store, and like bent iPhones. And mm-hmm. then they yeah. said, yeah, we're, we're going to run out of here before we get caught. But they were stupid enough to give their names. And then after, of course, they got <laughs> caught. Then they said, oh, yeah, we didn't really mean you. We were, we're sorry. We were, don't hurt us. But who carries your iPhone in your back pocket? Exactly. <laughs> who says Idiots. that the iPhone 6 may bend, but it's really hard to blend? <laughs> uh, yes. Because it, they, of course, always have to try and do the blend test. So apparently it might <laughs> bend, but it doesn't blend very well. <laughs> no, I can't imagine my... Yeah, because I'm going to put my $700 phone into a blender. Right. <laughs> so that's what you do. Right. 
So you guys mentioned something about pockets. Are we talking yeah. about putting your phone in your pocket? That's what in some of these、pockets. people are doing. They're back pockets, and they're、oh, sitting they're on them, and they're wondering、pocket. why they're bending. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, it's physics, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> And that has to hurt, or you know, at least be uncomfortable. <laughs> How do you even sit with a phone like that in your backpack? Well, never mind. So, okay, I'm gonna say something that guys have a different body shape than women do, and I can put my phone in my、That's、back、true. pocket without yeah, sitting on、so. it. Yeah, fair enough. Good yeah,、point. but guys, no, you guys have your 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 bodies are different than ours. So, no, I wouldn't recommend the guy <laughs> put thank in, God for put that. His phone on <laughs> <laughs> Things you learn on Triple Click Home right here. That's right. <laughs> See, we bring you a public service. Things you didn't know. <laughs> in case you didn't know, women have different body shapes than men. So, from bending iPhones, which. Isn't really that big of a deal to and, bending, and bending. Maybe the way that、uh, cell phone carriers are、uh, cool、introduced to your device. Yeah, because apparently there's a little SIM inside of the new iPad. I don't know how your how the cell phone companies w- would work with a, a a SIM card that could move between carriers. Would that mean that you'd have a different phone number with each carrier? Would your phone number be portable? I、how、don't that know、work? that it's. I don't even know if it's attached to a phone number because, right, with the iPad, it's really about whether or not you have cellular data. Well, that's the interesting thing. If you look on your iPhone, if you've got an iPad、uh-huh. that has data, cell data,、uh-huh. you will notice that it has a phone number.、Mm-hmm. It does. Oh, okay. Well, I don't see why there would be a problem with keeping the phone number because you can go between carriers and keep your phone number. You can, but it usually takes a couple of days to port. Hmm. Okay, but I don't know if that has to be that way, or if it's a manual process,、right. or what. Who knows? I like this idea of having a, a multi-carrier SIM card where you can choose. Right. Well, and I think that that's really critical for people who travel, right? That if they want、oh, to use、sure. their iPad and they go somewhere where they don't have access to that particular carrier without Wi-Fi, then their device is pretty much useless. They get totally gouged by their home cell company. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really interesting that they brought up this proposal that maybe what we're going to see is the option of you buy your iPhone from Apple and then you turn it on and then the carriers basically have to figure out a way to cater to you. Yeah, so I, I like this. Yeah. yeah, put the customer back in charge for、right. a change again. Thank you. <laughs> you know the cell phone companies don't want us to be in charge. No, no they don't. They're allowing us. To buy our devices outright, so that、mm-hmm. we're somehow "quote unquote" not tied to their carrier anymore. Except that they didn't change how much they charge us every month. So this attitude, in my opinion, that I'm somehow helping take care of the cost of the phone based on my rate for how much I pay them. I'm like, yeah, right. Because if I pay you for the iPhone full on, you're not going to change my rate plan. That's、no. as high as it always has been.、Right. So I don't know. I have no confidence in the cell phone carriers, but we all probably know that by now. As we've discussed before, all the cell phone companies are run by Satan. Yep. <laughs> <Right> . Well, you know, Alina, you mentioned being in charge, and man, our listeners took charge last month and sent us some serious eye reports. Really good stuff. The education discussion. Sparked some、uh-huh. uh, real not debate so much. Everyone was kind of on your side. No one was mean to you this <laughs> last month at all. 
Hmm. I know. It's because I'm right. It's all good. Alina's a rock star. <laughs> she is. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, maybe we can kind of uh, take a look at some of these eye reports. Right here on Triple Click 34. In 1977, in Johannesburg, South Africa, an eight-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. By the age of nine, he was already outplaying him. The odds of that same boy then making it to the U.S. and European pro golf tours? One in seven million. The odds of the Big Easy winning the Open Championship once and the U.S. Open Championship twice? One in 780 million. The odds of this professional golfer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. Ernie Els encourages you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Hello, mailbag. <laughs> nice mailbag. Nice mailbag. Hi, mailbag. So mailbag is kind of full today, and we got lots of people writing in and leaving eye reports and basically telling us that, yeah, we're on the right track as far as this education thing goes. Alina's got the right idea, and that these kids need the technology just like everybody else does, and but they also need the basics. And Right. Here's a representative sample of some of what we've been getting from Bill. Yeah, this is Bill, and keep up the good work, by the way, for all your podcasts. You talked about the kids limiting themselves in school, about the different applications they can use. I wish I would have grown up with some of this stuff. You talked about doing the math problems. We had what we call cue boards, which had little braille symbols on them and numbers, and then you would put these cubes in this tray based on the math problems that you were doing, and then you'd have to, the teacher wanted you to walk up the tray up to the front of the room so she could look at it and see if you did the problem right, if you were wrong, and if you bumped something, the cubes could move. And then we graduated to the Perkins Brailler, and then I graduated to the Abacus. You know, now we have more choices than ever before. So I hate to see the kids limit themselves and, Alina, you were right about getting Braille displays. I don't think a lot of the counselors realize the kids really do need the Braille, and they do need a Braille display when they go to college. Somebody had come in in an earlier podcast saying that they got a Braille display, and they made a comment about what were you going to get wrong on the next podcast. Well, I don't think you're getting any of it wrong. I would hate to see in the future that maybe these states with the money or whatever can open it up and get people some Braille displays because... I have one at work, and it, it the flexibility, it makes things good. It helps. I use JAWS. I use some hard copy Braille and electronic Braille. So utilize all the tools and don't just limit yourself to one thing. Keep up the good work. And thank you, Bill. And we also got comments from Dominique and Lewis and Barry Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ray. Ray. Yes. And uh, sorry, we don't know what the music doc is. No. Um, no. Blue. I've heard it mentioned or referenced in the past, but I don't know what it is. And I apologize. I I don't know. Yeah. So if you can help us understand a little bit more. And we really like this month's eye reports because people agreed with us. They weren't mean to us. Yes. And that's that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So if you agree with us, you can write to us and say, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And if you don't agree with this, you can still write to us, but we might not like you as much. Right. 
People who agree with us are obviously people of refinement and taste. Yes, yeah. that's right. And also high intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> I just really appreciate that there are those that still understand the benefit of having all of the tools available to them, right? Because that's really what it comes down right. to. You have to figure out what tool is really the best fit for you. And when you look at a piece of equipment or a tool and you say that's old and not helpful, I say to you, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. Like I don't see sighted people throwing out a pencil and paper. Therefore, the blind community shouldn't be throwing out their Perkins Brailers or their Slate and Siluses. Right. Right. Absolutely. Batteries on those things never die. <laughs> yes. That is a yes. good point. And then also the abacus. Oh, yeah. Long Batteries on those don't die either. Yes. That's right. By the way, if anybody knows where I can get an interesting new, I need to replace my Cranmer abacus and I need uh-huh. to find a new one. So, And I know I can get one from APH and I know I can get one from NFB, but if anybody knows of any other sources for interesting, unique abacus. Huh, huh. I'll have to do some research for you, buddy. Resources at saratalk.com. Yeah. That's right. I was watching one of my students do his math test today, which, by the way, was kind of complicated algebra, doing it on his Braille note. And I just said to him, I give you all the credit in the world, because if you asked me to do complicated math on a single-line Braille display, I think I would turn around and shut the door in front of you and say, please don't, because it <laughs> yeah. doesn't, that doesn't no. work for me. You no. know, he's figured uh, out how to make that work for him. No, give me the old well, Perkins. That's fantastic. Mm. Trying to read music lead sheets on a single line Braille display is not much fun oh, either, by the way. man. That kind of bites. Oh. Yeah, you can do it, but it's... But not. I was just thinking, like, these math problems take at least six or seven steps just to solve, right? And if you asked me to do that, going back and forth line by line on a device that doesn't even show me that really I'm looking at vertical math instead of horizontal math. I mm. just say, forget it. I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So you have to find the tool that works for you and you can't be closed minded when somebody says, Hey, maybe we should go back to the basics and use paper. Yeah. Electronic Braille is not going to solve all of our problems. Especially when the batteries die. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. before your batteries die, you can leave us an iReport on your <laughs> iOS device yes. or your Android phone. You can leave us a comment on the Blab line at 866-997-2522 before the battery in your cordless phone dies. <laughs> you can send us an email at resources at serotalk.com before the battery in your laptop dies. That's right. Or you can leave a comment on the blog, again, before the battery your in your laptop, laptop dies. or your phone. Or your dies. iPad. Or, or you could be one of our 12,500 Twitter followers. Yes, you can tweet us. You can tweet us at Triple Click Home. There you go. That's exciting. And you can even do that on a really low battery because it only takes 140 characters. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. All right. So team picks this month. I've got an interesting one. All right. Let you go first. It's only sort of interesting because it's still kind of hit and miss. Zinio. Zinio is a magazine publisher and they have like 5,000 magazines. Okay. And a long time ago, someone told me, oh, Zinio's app isn't very accessible. And well, it's not easy. There, It's got some weird, quirky behaviors. But some of the Zinio magazines can be read if you can get a text view of the table of contents and text views of the articles. Uh-huh. 
I subscribed to a ham radio magazine called CQ, okay. and I was reluctant to do so because they said, oh, it's on Zinio. And, and I said, well, if you can show me that this thing is readable, I'll subscribe today. Okay. This was at the ARRL convention, which we had a Sarah Talk special on a couple of uh-huh. weeks ago. Unfortunately, I should have interviewed Rich Moseson, but I didn't. And I think that it was because I don't know why. I think I was just so excited that I could read the magazine. But anyway, yeah, he says, well, you can have the article show up as text. I said, really? He says, yeah. So he says, tell me how to turn on voiceover. So I had him turn voiceover on on his iPhone, and he brought up the magazine. He brought up the text view, and by golly, it read. So I subscribed, just like I told. And um, so that's great. That magazine reads fine as long as, like I say, you pick the text views and – you know, you can pick an article and read it, but then getting back to the table of contents and back to uh, your uh, magazine selections can be a little tricky. You have to find the buttons in the bottom of the screen to do it. So you put it under the sort of accessible. Sort of accessible, because another magazine that I've subscribed to, I subscribed to a magazine called Dog's Life, and it was a cheap magazine, six issues a year, and it was, uh-huh. I don't know, 10 or 12 bucks. I forget. It wasn't very expensive. Unfortunately... I can't get that thing to read for love nor money, and I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure if it's mostly pictures and that's why, and there's not much text, or if it's because of something else. But yeah, it's sort of hit and miss. So I would say if you can get a free issue of the magazine to try it out on that you're interested in, do that, because um, you may find some accessible magazines. By the way, there's another magazine called The Magazine. Okay. The magazine, it's its own app. It's available in, I think it goes into the newsstand folder actually, but it's called The Magazine. It's like $1.99 a month. You get two issues a month. And it's just a magazine with um, several articles on just all kinds of varied topics. There's not really a theme. It's just um, kind of whatever <laughs> seems to be interesting that month. And it really is very text-friendly. So if you want a little bit of okay. light reading, uh, get The Magazine. So how do you spell this app, Zinio? It's The Magazine. Oh, Zinio, it's Z-I-N-I-O. Okay. So Buddy recommends Zinio. We'll have to check that out. Zinio, well, sort of. And The Magazine, okay. sort of. If you and are The Magazine. Yeah. Right. And The Magazine, okay. That's good. I don't feel like I have a team pick. Oh, okay. Alina doesn't have a team no. pick because uh, she's no. not happy with Flexi at the moment. That would be her no. team pick if she was happy with it. Well, and Flexi as my exclusive keyboard, of course. Okay. Yeah. John, you uh, you mentioned uh, earlier that you like KNFB Reader right now? That's really what I've been okay. playing with. I took the plunge and bought it about a week ago. I got to agree with you on this. I was bored out in California, and I went out and got Yeah. And I just started reading everything I could get my hands on in the room. And, and, and I, I, I got to uh-huh. say, I'm, uh-huh. I'm pretty really impressed. Well. Yeah, I'm very Good. impressed. Yeah. Good. Good deal. Good. Well, I would have to choose a game called Lost Cities. It's a card game, and uh, Uh you have five different colored lanes, as they call them, and you basically have to choose ascending cards. So if you have two, three, and maybe your next card seven, you can't play anything lower than a seven. And so you have to... Right. The point system I haven't quite figured out. I just, I know if I've won or not won, or if I'm ahead, because it tells (laughs) me, but the point system is kind of odd for me to understand, but... It's kind of addictive. It's kind of a fun game once you play it a few times. And, and it is voiceover accessible. They've done a good job of, of making it work with voiceover. So Lost Cities. Cool. Yeah. 
I like our last article, but I'll tell you, Siri and I have not gotten along in the last <laughs> few no. weeks. If any article should go viral, this one should, I think. There have been so yeah. many times when I ask her something. Right. Coming from somebody who has absolutely no patience for any of these voice recognition things at all. Sometimes I'll use them, but mostly it's I just can't be bothered. I just think this is a fantastic And it's really article. frustrating when you feel like you're asking Siri exactly what you need right. her to, to answer, and she just like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You're like, I can't do what? I don't understand why is this is so difficult. So for our, our, our listeners, the article is the, an autistic boy who has made friends with Siri, and it's really kind of cool because yes, he, it, uh, for one thing, obsesses or really is very, very interested in the weather, and his mom is like ready to pull her hair out because she doesn't want to talk about tornadoes <laughs> yes. anymore. But Siri is patient with this young man and responds to him appropriately. The really cool thing about this article was that he has to enunciate. He has some speech, you know, difficulties, and he has to enunciate uh-huh. to get Siri to understand him, and that's right. motivating him to speak more clearly. Yeah, I and, think and she's also great. teaching him to interact politely with other people because he kind of sees her, like knowing intellectually she's an inanimate object and just a bunch of computer right. program, but thinks of her as, if not a person, certainly an entity with feelings and right. wants and needs and desires and all those sorts of things. And so she's kind of also teaching him to interact appropriately, which is really <laughs> something I would have never thought of. I know. No, I think this is pretty cool. No, I don't I don't actually interact with Siri very nicely. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny I don't story. Either. I was going to visit my brother in the hospital this past weekend, and I'm in the car with my girlfriend, and my brother's was staying in North Shore Medical Center here on Long Island. So we were coming from way out east, and I said to Siri, directions to North Shore Medical Center. So she's coming back and going, here is directions to Envision Vision Care. I'm like, huh? So I said it again. I said, you know, North Shore Medical Center. She comes back. I found three places matching Envision Vision Care. I'm like, I didn't ask for Envision. That's like, it was a Jimmy, one of the Jimmy talk show comedian people who did this thing about if Siri was a waitress. Oh, thing was no. a scream. Have you seen this? Joke? No, no, no. Oh, I got to find it yeah. and send it to you. Oh, gosh, is it ever funny? I have had so many times where I'm like, I didn't even say anything remotely close to that, Siri. I don't really know what kind of crack you're on. But- <laughs> You've seen the thing I'm talking about, Jamie? No, but if uh, we will find it and we will put it in show notes. That would be awesome. I, I want to see that. I'll send it to you. Okay. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. I love it when I'm listening to a an Audible book with the phone in the speaker dock, and she'll say something like, history, and then Siri will come on and, and start trying to listen to the next oh, bit of the no. audio book and say, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> well, guys, I've had dinner placed in front of me, so I think that that means... Is that a hint? <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah. It is a really cool soup that Steve found a recipe for a couple of weeks ago. It's got kale, beans, and sausage. Yummy. Sounds yummy. And Parmesan. Oh, hey. Definitely yummy. Parmesan. Yeah, we'll be over. What time is dinner? <laughs> no, we'll just yeah. come right on now. over. Oh, come <laughs> on. Uh, okay. Well, All everybody right. knows soup is always better the second day. Yes, That's it true. is. It's true. Better believe it. Yes. Assuming it's still around the second day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. So, we should sign off. We should and we shall. Alina, why don't you go first? All right, if you want to uh, contact me, although I'm not very prominent on Twitter anymore, 
I sometimes occasionally tweet at twitter.com slash blind perspective. That's B-L-I-N-D-P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V. And Mr. Brannon? Yes, you can contact me, Buddy Brannon. Twitter.com slash B Brannon. That's B-B-R-A-N-N-A-N. And here here in a while you might be hearing about Vet Tech School, but we don't know. Interesting. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, very good. John? Not that I've really been able to tweet, but you can follow me at Mac for the Blind. Just have not had a time to do anything on Twitter or Facebook for that matter. But you're more than welcome to follow me if you want to follow somebody and say that you're following somebody. Okay. Mac for the Blind. You can uh, certainly get a hold of me, Jamie Pauls, J-A-M-I-E-P-A-U-L-S. I'm not a particularly prolific tweeter at the moment myself, but every once in a while I'll put something on there, and uh, you're welcome to follow me. As we often say on this podcast, these are our own personal Twitter accounts, so follow us at your own risk, basically. We're going to say what we say. The views and opinions expressed on our Twitter feeds do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Sarah Tech, its management staff, board of directors, or third-party resellers. He's the only one that I know of who can do that, besides maybe yes. Ricky Inger. Um, but yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, or Patrick Perdue, I guess. Yes, you see, Patrick cheats like I'm doing, but he can actually say things and not have to cheat, and that makes what he's doing actually incredibly awesome, and what we do incredibly standard if you know. Um, kind of, yeah. All right, so that's going to yes. wrap up episode 34, and uh, we've got some interviews coming up. We've got some other demos that are coming up in the next few months. We might even be uh, looking at a holiday special of sorts. We've never really done that on this show, but I would love to see us... Uh, we talk about some holiday gifts that you might be able to get for your loved ones for Christmas that are related to iPhone, uh, iOS mm-hmm. you know, accessories, Mac, that sort of thing. So we'll look at that. And I actually have one. Awesome. Take care and uh, keep playing with your iDevices and Macs. We'll see you next month. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait, is that my line? Am it I allowed works. to say that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah.